0: Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The Lord begin to place on us the greater revelation, and it is continuing to grow, of the power of prayer and the necessity of prayer. He has moved this church into an army of praying for the harvest and the the loss, but also praying for kingdom purpose, which that is part of kingdom purpose, but praying for his kingdom to manifest in this earthly realm, of praying on behalf of our nation, on on praying on behalf of territories. And I'm going to speak to that this morning in what is, I call, part three of the Macedonian call to intercession. And you say, well, where was part one and part two? Did I miss that? Um, well, it was last year. Come on. Amen. And uh, uh, just the other week, I was in a conversation actually with Stacy, and uh, in the course of our conversation, I referenced this message And when I referenced this message, I did two of them last year, I believe about July, something like that. Something went off in my spirit and um, I knew it was the... affirmation of the Holy Spirit and it on some things that we had been praying on, but in confirmation, but it was also um, a revisiting of this vision and of this revelation. And so um, today will be part three. So if you want to, I'll cover actually uh, some of it at the end of the message today, specifically about the Macedonian call um, to intercession. But this particular um, one today I called the a vulnerable land. A vulnerable land. The Macedonian call to intercession. A vulnerable land. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. Just two scriptures and I'll let you be seated. Um, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land. For the land. So that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Back up to Ezekiel chapter 13 verses 4 and 5. O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. You have gone up into the breaches. You have not gone up into the breaches, nor did you build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. Amen. Lord, we give ourselves fully to what you have for us individually and what you have for this house. We thank you for where you've brought us from and where you brought us to today as we stand here in October of 2022. And we make a fresh dedication uh, to be and continue to be a house of prayer for all nations in the name of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. And you can be seated in his presence. Thank you. Thank you. Macedonian call to intercession. I'll come back to that at the end of the message. But basically, what that means, it, it is, is it is moving past current boundaries, territorial boundaries, through intercession into places that are waiting for revival. I don't think I have that on the screen, so just so you'll understand, uh, at the beginning, as we, as I move quickly this morning, the Macedonian call to intercession. Is moving past current boundaries through intercession into places that are waiting for revival. There are places that are waiting for revival in our nation today. There are nations that are waiting for revival. Amen. They're waiting for a move of God. They're waiting for a breaking in of the power of God. But how many know that the devil works over time to build up barriers and to build up uh, blocks so that territories and regions and lands cannot have a powerful move of the spirit. But we are believing that God is going to use our prayers and the prayers of others to literally break through and break open because there are lands that are vulnerable. Come on, they are susceptible to harm, they are susceptible to danger uh, of the enemy, they are susceptible to sabotage of the the enemy does it mean to stand in the gap? I'm going to give you a little bit of Bible uh, background here, a little bit of a few quotes, and then we'll preach a little bit. But what does it mean to stand in the gap on behalf of the land? In Ezekiel chapter 22 um, that I just read to you, the picture that is painted in this verse is that of a uh, a wall with a hole or a gap in it. Um, A wall was the the best means of protection in ancient times. Um, A breach in the wall would let the enemy get in. Are you getting the picture? if there was a hole or a breach in the wall, it was vulnerable. Are are you seeing it here? It was vulnerable. The land was vulnerable. The city was vulnerable. And so therefore defenders would have to, uh, to jump in, to, to swarm, uh, to surround that location, to surround that breach in order to hold the so that the gap would would need to be repaired as soon as possible. But if the breach or the hole or the gap was left unattended or unrepaired, then the city would fall or the nation would fall or the territory would fall. The enemy would take over and there would be chaos and sabotage. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about. In Ezekiel chapter 22, this was during the time of, of a national apostasy and this chapter uh gives the sins and the abuses and the uh the downfall of the nation and so as a punishment for their sins israel's sins God says that he's going to um, he's going to just he's going to Them uh, among the nations, and he says in verse 30 and 31, what I just read to you I looked for someone. This is the backdrop, I gave you the backdrop, and then now here's the scripture I looked for somebody among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap. I just described that to you, right? Would stand before me. Excuse me, in the gap and on behalf of the land. Are you with me? It's interesting. It doesn't say on behalf of the people. Talk to me. It says on behalf of the land. I'm preaching to you today on a a vulnerable land, okay? Uh, God says, I'm looking for somebody that will stand before me, before God. Somebody that will step up to the plate, that will stand before God in the gap, in the breach on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it. But the Lord says, in this instance, I found no one. So in verse 31, it says, and I don't know if this is going to be on the screen, but it says, I, so because I found no one, because I found no one that would understand the severity of the moment and get the revelation, everybody shout revelation. Because I found no one that would get the revelation of the breach, get the revelation of the gap, get the revelation of the hole that is in the wall of protection because of the sin of the land. God says, because I have found no one that has that revelation understanding, he says, I'm going to pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their own heads all that they have done declares the sovereign Lord come on church so the gap was represents the danger <clears throat> that was facing Jerusalem. God's wrath is about to break out in judgment on a sinful land. Come on, talk to me, y'all. God's wrath, come on Americans, come on Americans. Let me put my fingers so I don't lose my place in Jesus' name. God's wrath was about ready to break out in judgment on a sinful land. Land, But there were too many that were consistently getting their paycheck every Friday, so they ignored the breach in the wall. There were too many that had their air conditioning, running fine and so they did not see the hole in the wall. There were too many that had made it to the apex of the American dream and they had the house they want in the neighborhood they wanted with the car they wanted to drive with the title that they've been trying to get for so many years and they did not see that there was a hole in the wall of protection that was surrounding. Judgment. Americans, Christians. And he said, There was no one in righteousness who would, in righteousness, intercede on behalf of the land and seek God's mercy. God searched for a defender. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and say this now, but that word searched right there is very intense. It wasn't like he just kind of looked here and looked there and, you know, oh well, I guess I have to move on. This word searched means that he begged. That he desired, that he longed. In other words, it's a, it's it's a picture of God, um, of God, uh, 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 passionately and 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 feverishly lingering and longing for someone that would be a defender of the wall and the land, a f- defender of the land behind the wall. But he said, I could not find anyone. It seems with the context and the tenor of this scripture, that if God had found someone to fill the gap, that the destruction of Jerusalem could have been avoided. But since no one was available or no one was willing, no one was available, they were on vacation that week. They, they, they were celebrating Columbus Day, bless God. Don't you know that I work hard? Come on, I'm just going to say it like it is. They had, he, ha- he could not find anyone available or willing to defend the breach, the hole, and rebuild. Not only just stand at the breach, but rebuild the wall. Rebuild it. Take the time to form and to fashion what had been stolen, what had been broken through, what had destroyed by the enemy because of sin he not just wanted them to go and stand in the gap and before the breach he said I need you to build up the wall and stand in the gap before me church when we are praying on behalf of a land on behalf of a territory we are literally standing before God himself as Moses stood in the gap before the children of Israel in the wilderness when they had gone out like fools and built a golden calf because Moses was on top of the mountain with the fire but they decided to stay at the bottom of the mountain because they were afraid and carnal. They decided to build a golden calf and God says "Ah, that's it. Move aside. I'm coming down to watch." Stepped in between the offense and God and said, God, you have to stay your hand. And because he stepped into the gap and interceded for the people and pleaded for God's mercy and asked for breakthrough, God backed off of his judgment and they got off the hook. Come on, somebody but there was no Moses in Ezekiel's day is there a Moses in America no one understood in Ezekiel's day the danger that God's people were in and I don't know I couldn't find I mean maybe we're told in, 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 in you know, stuff somewhere else but uh, you know who knows what they were, what they were consumed with I can tell you what the bottom line is. They were consumed with themselves. And I'll get there in a minute. But no one understood. No one had a revelation of the danger of God's people. And what's so striking to me, uh, Oh Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. The prophets have not gone up into the breaches, nor did they build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord, a vulnerable land, a vulnerable land. The prophets, if you read the the whole context there, they were just, they were ignoring it, y'all. And they're saying, no, God's judgment's not gonna come. God's judgment's not gonna come. They denied it. And God says, I need somebody to stand in the gap before me. In Genesis, Abraham intercedes for Sodom. In the book of Acts, Stephen prayed for those who were stoning him. In the book of Romans, Paul prays for Israel's salvation. And of course, Jesus stood in the gap as he was hanging on the cross, praying, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And as I'll break down here in a minute, Jesus is right now before the Father ever interceding for you and for I today. In God's way and his wisdom, he has chosen to use the prayers of people to accomplish his will. He seeks those who will stand in the gap, yes, on behalf of friends and family, but he seeks for those who will stand in the gap for people groups and for nations, asking God to spare and to save their life and their land. I said their life and their land. A quote by Paul E. Bilheimer says this. Here, talking about Ezekiel 22, 30, I search for a man. We see God longs to spare the nation, but he is helpless without man, without an intercessor. Why should God be so dependent upon man? Through the plan of prayer, God is actually inviting redeemed man into full partnership with him. He has placed the authority, the responsibility, the enforcement, and the administration of divine decisions upon the shoulders of the church. He is the divine. We are his partners. Just a bit more. The hedge or the wall or the boundaries of property in Israel were constructed of these loose cement stones that fitted and packed together. The spiritual boundaries of Israel were filled with gaping holes. God sees the breach and searches for someone to fill the broken place. I'm quoting. 1 Peter 2 5 says that the believer is a living stone. The revival of spiritual parameters and truths in this context requires more than a casual commitment. You better believe I'm going to preach in just a minute. The revival of spiritual parameters and truths in this context requires more than a casual commitment. Those who stand in these gaps take a huge risk. Their stance according to the Hebrew word A-M-A-D, Ahmad I guess is postured, watch that word means you are postured into a withstanding resistant pose, determined to endure and to hold your ground, no matter what forces attempt to enter into the land. Only the person or the people committed to love the people and the land will successfully endure the persecution and difficulty that the gap invites. I'm trying to help us this morning because there's an assignment on this house. You better get ready. Nudge your neighbor, say, you better get ready. It is a place, this position is a place of constant spiritual friction, reviving spiritual boundaries, demands the utmost of a loving commitment until the danger and the judgments are averted. I quote that from the commentary in the Revival Bible, and I ask us today, how long, America, are we willing to stand in the gap until the danger and the judgments? are averted you hear what I'm saying now it is important how you vote it is important that we understand what these candidates and these political people stand for don't just go off of their talking points that make you feel good and make you feel happy my friend if we do not deal with the sin issue that is in the United States of America it does not matter who is in the White House God needs a church to rise to the come on rise to the occasion and pray God let the judgment be averted from this land bring your mercy God it's a sin problem I said it's a sin problem, and God needs his church to rise to the hour. Come on. God needs his church to rise to the occasion. My objective today is to create an atmosphere for revelation on prayer, but specifically territorial prayer. Help me, y'all. An atmosphere for revelation on prayer, but specifically territorial prayer. For no less than five years, the Lord has been increasing our burden and our capacity here at Fresh Start to stand in the gap on behalf of territories, on behalf of the land. While this type of praying is not new centuries old, few understand the dynamic impact that is possible when you intercede or you stand in the gap on behalf of the land a most dangerous thing to do in the context of spiritual endeavors and in ministry is to approach it with an external understanding only says where there is no revelation the people cast off restraint where there is no understanding where there is no vision no deep understanding the people cast off restraint the people run wild the people do whatever they want to do the people shall be destroyed that's different translations but I want to drive that point home this is not a quote anymore I'm just talking to us today fresh start we must have a deep revelation of the power and the impact of territorial praying if not not, all you're going to be doing is screaming and saying some things that you're not going to understand the dynamic and the power that is behind it. It is the most dangerous thing to do in the context of spiritual endeavors is to approach it with an external understanding only, because if you don't have revelation, it's going to be short-lived. Come on. I'll try it again. If you don't have revelation of why you do what you do, it will be short-lived, it will lack zeal, and many times it will be done with selfish motives. So further explanation on external understanding only, we gotta know this. We live in a church culture that is copy and paste. Come on. I don't know about you, but when I'm typing stuff, I like copy and paste. Some of y'all don't type very much. You know, it's like highlight, paste. I mean, highlight, copy, paste. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And it's easy. You know why it's easy? You don't have to think about it. You don't have to pay a price for it. We live in a church culture of copy and paste. Trends, patterns, pace setters are followed, and much of the time there is little to no revelation of even why we're doing what we're doing. Distinguishing between true forerunners and apostles versus those who only copy and paste is getting more and more difficult. Come on. And this comes from decades of building rather than birthing. Then it becomes just a big race and a big competition to see who can keep up with who. I said it becomes a competition to see who can keep up with who. Who can post the most? Who can have the most conferences? Who can do this? Who can outdo this? Man, I am talking right up here. Come on! It's copy and paste. Copy and paste. We have little revelation, and it's 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 it, 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 the. the short-lived and there's very few lasting results because all we're doing is is we're building rather than birthing and very little is organically birthed with a pure motive out of a deep personal encounter with God Said you got to get the people ready. You remember the messages of recent. These last five months are getting everybody in alignment, everybody into the proper position for what is going to be birthed in 2023. You hear me, fresh start. You must have a revelation of prayer, and you must have a revelation of corporate prayer, and you must have a revelation of prayer on behalf of the land. If you do not have a revelation, a vision, you will not. I'll talk about in a minute, but you will not pray for the land and you will not pray for the territory. We must have a revelation. This is not a copy and paste thing. You cannot copy and paste my revelation or his revelation or her revelation. You American church prays, but I'm not sure we have a deep revelation of prayer as we need to have. I know that doesn't represent anyone, but I do believe it represents the larger part. We know we, we should pray, so we pray some, some, I mean some, to make us feel good. Come on. But we don't pray out of a deep revelation of why we pray. Prayer is the most important ministry that we have. Yeah, you can clap on that. It's the most important ministry that we have. Outside of prayer, you're going to function in your own human power and not God's power. But specifically concerning territorial prayer, it takes an extremely unselfish heart to remain postured into a withstanding resistant pose determined to endure and hold one's ground no matter what forces attempt to enter the land. The quote that I just read to you. Territorial prayer takes an extremely unselfish heart. I have searched my heart before preaching this today. Come on, talk to me, friends. Talk to me, revivals. I have searched my heart. I said, God, I don't want to do anything that's copy and paste. And let me just say this because I know there's a lot of people that follow us and a lot of people that glean from this house. And I'm not trying to say that you can't get impartation. Impartation is one thing. But at some point with that impartation, you got to get a revelation of the impartation. Is this making sense? You gotta get a revelation of the impartation, else you're just gonna be doing by rote. Okay, I do this, and then I do this, and then I do this. Are you with me? And I ask, God, I said, God, I don't want to do anything by rote. I don't do. I don't I don't want to do anything out of my head. I want it to come from my heart. I want it to come from my spirit. I want to be on the right side of everything. Come on, on your side, on the righteousness side of everything. Come on, revivalist. I don't want to just mimic. I don't want to just, I, I, I want to participate. I want, you, this, you, you, just, you can just, everything that I'm saying can apply to praise and worship as well. And I'll tell Jessica, she and I are writing books right now that in Jesus' name, we're writing books right now with a lot of other people that are helping us hallelujah but i told her i read her book her manuscript or whatever you call it and i said jessica i guarantee you and this is no demeaning or slam on any of y'all or us but i said i guarantee you many people in our church do not have this revelation that you have written i'm serious They don't have the deep revelation of why we stand up here for 45 minutes and try to pull you, pull you, as she puts it, to the breakthrough point, the breaking through into the manifest presence of God. I'll just preach it for you. Into the manifest presence of God, where the glory is, where the miracles can happen, but not just, I mean, this is a revival church for seven sustained years, and, and I was actually talking to somebody last night, I don't want to tell you, I was actually talking to somebody last night, and I said, I'm still amazed. It was a pastor, and this pastor called me, a, a female pastor, this pastor called me, and they, they were asking me a question, and, and they said, I'm so frustrated right now. I said, me too, tell me what yours is, come on, Hallelujah. And then she she told me why. And I said, look, I said, even after seven years of sustained revival, we are still dealing with this, with this, with this, with this, with this. Y'all look at me. Y'all look at me. And I I told her what I'm telling you now. I said, unless a heart gets a revelation of the power of praise and the power of worship and the power of prayer, you can attend church, my friend, but that does not mean that you have worshiped. You can attend GAP on Wednesday night, but that does not mean that you have interceded. You must have a revelation, a rolling back of your understanding of why we do what we do. And hear me now, because I don't believe that the level of faith that God needs can be unlocked until there is a full revelation I'm talking about the lands for territories even maybe for healing are you with me now it is a constant unveiling and revelatory place that we must live in to say God I don't know it all help me y'all I don't know it all I don't understand it all I posture myself in a position to say teach me Holy Spirit by your spirit The reason why I'm praying this, the reason why I'm praising, is because you're going to get me to a point. You're going to get a church, a territory, a land, a family to a point of breakthrough, of, of 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 redemption and restoration. But first, I must understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Shout Revelation. Amen? Yes. Quoting a couple of quotes again, there's just all kinds of quotes on prayer. The church holds the balance of power in world's affairs. Even now, in this present throbbing moment, Billheimer says, "By means of her prayer power and the extent to which she uses it, the praying church is actually deciding the course of human events." Territorial praying, I don't know who wrote this, delivers geographical territories from the stronghold of the enemy and will prepare the way for the gospel to be preached and revival to ignite that land. End quote. Church revelation. Territorial intercession dislodges the demonic. It dismantles the demonic It opens the heavens for the entrance of the king of glory. It establishes the kingdom of God. Therefore, territorial intercession is key to revival because open heavens will open hearts. Come on. Open heavens will open hearts. So we place truth over a territory, breaking agreement with the lies of darkness and releasing the light of the glory to break in and to break off strongholds. Did you get that? Shout amen. I got to move on. I'm going to go quick, but listen. Much of the church has been discipled at the level of need-based prayers. Prayers of petition for your needs or the needs of others around you. This is biblical, and it is absolutely something that we should be doing daily. But my intent is not to draw the conclusion that one is more important than the other, but it is to bring them on the same level of understanding and revelation. Come on. God wants you to bring your needs to Him. He wants you to shout out and to decree that your prodigal is coming home. He wants you to pray the Word of God over your physical body. He wants your needs to be met, First Peter 3.12 for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. First John five fifteen. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have asked, have what we ask of him. Jeremiah 29. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me. Can you seek me with all of your heart. Are you blessed yet? Come on. Psalm 66. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. That's a shouting one right there. God has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. God wants. You to pray for your need, God God expects you to pray for your need. He wants you to pray for healing. He wants you to pray for deliverance. As I said, He already wants you to pray for the prodigal. But when it comes to kingdom, territorial prayer or kingdom purpose prayer, a selfie generation doesn't quite catch the revelation of the higher purpose. Pastor Rick preached on amazingly on the selfie, whatever he called it. I'm telling you what, guys, it is a mirror of the condition of the heart of our nation right now and even the church. If we fail to understand the principle that I search for a man among them to build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I not destroy it, then there's going to be ongoing spiritual battle that sooner or later will affect our personal lives. Talk to me. It's going to happen. It's going to affect our personal lives. And Ezekiel is teaching us that God looks for intercessors to repair the breaches and to stand in the gap. And the concept here is a firm rebuke of the Lord for everyone that is not taking responsibility for the land. I ask us, not just in this house, but across the board, where's the guard? Where's the protectors? Where are the defenders? Where are those who will heal the broken situation? This is the question of the Lord, and he hasn't changed his mind. He continues to look for those who will heal but much of the time we look at it like it's a national problem it's an American problem and it's not my fault I didn't cause the situation and because of this as individuals we're tempted to dismiss ourselves of all the responsibility rather than to take up the priestly ministry that is the calling of the church those, the priestly ministry, I'm gonna break it down for you, who will identify with the problem, who will identify with the dysfunction, who will identify with the vulnerability of the land and stand in the gap on behalf of God so God can step in and heal and not destroy. This takes an unselfish heart. This takes a heart of humility. I said it takes an unselfish heart. I can pray for my needs all day long. Ask me to pray for a territory or a land that I don't know nobody that lives there so why should I pray for it? This is a selfie generation in the United States of America that are consuming ourselves with ourselves all the time, the land is vulnerable and God says, I have anointed you, I have saved you, I have purchased you with my blood and you are the one that I need to stand in the gap on behalf of the land. It takes an unselfish heart that says, this is, not, this is not only affecting me, but there are desperate people who do not understand spiritual things. I'm trying to give you the why behind what we do. There are, there are desperate people who do not know how to pray. I know how to pray. I've been in church all my life. I'm speaking for all of us. Not all of you have been, but you know what I'm saying. I know how to pray. I know how to do it. Come on, but do you pray? Do you pray? Or do you even care to pray? These are people who need... Us to stand in the gap and build up the wall on behalf of the vulnerable land. If my people who are called by my name, we get so excited on this verse, but then we don't pray will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and i will heal their land second chronicles seven fourteen. i don't know if i don't have that on the screen or not but you know it i'm gonna say it again if my people who are called by my name will humble there's the word humble humble themselves and pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear, hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I pray that the conviction of the Holy Spirit would be on us in this house. I can't speak for every house. I can be invited to speak there but I can speak for this house that every person that calls this place their home would have a deep sense of, 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 of humility and unselfishness when it comes to prayer. Yeah for your family, but for other territories in this nation. If my people who are called by my name will put down their phones and quit looking at themselves, it's a selfie this and it's a Facebook that and you're addicted to it and you need to own up to it. I'm gonna camp here. I don't care if you're 15 or 95. We live in a culture. We don't go anywhere without these. It's not like it's not been preached from this pulpit, but it needs to be said in this context today. This is an addiction. It's an addiction. So I say this, and I say it to myself as well. Look up how much time you spent posting and reading. It does something to your brain. You say, oh, Pastor Kim, you're kind of off your... No, no, I looked it up. It does something to your brain. It alters your brain. Look at me. The number one thing that, that social media I'll just does is it causes a dissatisfaction on the inside of you. I'm not just talking to the young people. I'm talking to the... Older people. It causes a dissatisfaction. Did you know there's such a thing as FOMO? Y'all know that? Man, I didn't. Fear of missing out. Oh my God. Oh, there it goes. (laughs) And that was illustrated by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) that on the bloopers and we have to punch the button or the whatever that is we don't have buttons anymore punch the the what swipe and then push the thing and before and before we know it what that has done in our mind and what that has done in our psyche this is not in my notes so this is free today what that does in our psyche. You see, what, I'm, what my point here is, is that it, we're selfish. And this is feeding it. And it's really bad in the church. Really bad. So we look at it, we're like, I don't measure up. And we look at it, it's like, oh my, what is What's in Face doing? What is What's in Thing doing? What is this one doing? What is that one saying? FOMO, fear of missing out. And something clicks on the inside of you. And now this becomes, and this is, this is not only people in the pew, but this is, this is many in the pulpit, many in the pulpit, is that it all comes down to, we may not admit that, but it's like who's doing what, what's doing what next, what's this, what's that, fear of missing out. A dissatisfaction with the mantle that God has given me. A dissatisfaction with the anointing that God has put on me. Because I've spent so much time looking at their mantle, looking at their anointing, listening to their, watching their events. I'm preaching up here. And it has become a self-absorbed generation. So you're really good at praying for your needs because that's your need. But when it comes to praying about somebody that you don't even know that lives in wherever. I don't know you know I just don't think that's very important pastor Kim I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but I came to demolish the lie of the enemy that causes you to believe that the prayer that is prayed in this house or any other house on behalf of territories and on behalf of lands is not making a difference you better believe my friend that it is making a difference when he can find a people who will get out of themselves who will get their face out of Facebook and get their face in the carpet and say, God, America must be saved. He will relent. And withhold judgment. The issue with the ministry of prayer, because of this, because everybody's got to get credit. Come on, y'all. Issue with, with the ministry of prayer is that you may or may not receive credit in this life. I'm gonna let that one sink in for a minute because that's hard on our egos, that's hard on our flesh. You may or may not receive credit in this life, you, you may be the one praying the breakthrough. And then someone else gets that credit or gets that benefit, and nobody ever knew. And I was thinking about it the many victories and the breakthroughs that we have seen in this nation or on the earth in this nation, narrow it down to that. Only heaven's gonna reveal who the true champion is. Roe v. Wade. our minds automatically go to certain well-known individuals, and there's nothing wrong with that, that we're a catalyst in uh, uh, prayer for the overturning of the horrific law, Roe v. Wade. But you know what, maybe, maybe not. What if, what, what, what if, the, what if the prayer bowls tipped <laughs> oh 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 on the day an intercessor was you know it's three thirty, four thirty in the morning and he or she couldn't sleep but they prayed the prayer that tipped the bowls. Why do you do what you do? What are you doing what you do for? Come on, I came to preach this morning. We gotta get a revelation. There is a vulnerable land. We gotta know, we may or may not receive the credit. It is not about that, my friend, on this earth. Jesus will give the crown when the time is ready. Jesus will give the, 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 the well done good and faithful servant. and expect God to move on our behalf. We are deceiving and deluding ourselves. It's time to do what 2 Chronicles 7.14 says that we quote all the time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. is a very unselfish endeavor and this is why much of the American church would rather have a conference than a prayer meeting come on oh don't worry I'll get back to that in a minute the priestly ministry of the Ecclesia I'm going fast sorta here come on y'all are y'all with me when we say the priestly ministry because I was reading something And that stuck out to me this week. And I know most of us have an understanding of it, but I want to give a fresh understanding of the priestly ministry of the ecclesia. Ecclesia being the governing body of Christ in the earth. Legislative, this is not foreign language to us around here. The priestly ministry of the ecclesia. We're Referring to those who stand before God to minister to him, but also to minister on behalf of others priestly ministry of the ecclesia is those who stand in the gap before god they stand in the vulnerable places ensuring that any breaches and holes are filled until god breaks through until healing protection victory manifest. this is the priestly ministry it is those who stand between earth and heaven who have a right by the blood of jesus to petition the father those who stand before god like i said minister to him and then on behalf of another. Jesus is the great high priest. And this is what he's doing right now for you and for me. He's the high priest of our confession. He's the high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's a priest who forever after the order of Melchizedek. Are you with me? Jesus' role as our great high priest is unchangeable. He is ever interceding for you and I right now. He lives, the Bible says, to make intercession for us. He sits in the presence of the Holy Father and intercedes on our behalf. Jesus is our model. What if Jesus has said, you know, you know, Father, I did a lot. You really going to expect more of me? You know, I wrapped myself in flesh, I went down there, I died. You know, I put up with all those people. They're so silly. They don't. I mean, you know, this is me, not Jesus. Come on, y'all. I'm bringing it down to where we can. What if he just said, you know, I don't want to. But Jesus is the high priest forever. He lives to make intercession for us. He's our model. From the very beginning of the Bible, of the Bible, Genesis one, God established man with a priestly calling. So God created man in his own image. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it and have dominion. Everybody say, have dominion. Say this is a priestly calling. Let me teach you for a moment. First Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen generation. You are, say it with me, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Stay with me. This is not just something that we do. It is who we are. As Karen, Miss Karen said last week, 2 Corinthians 5.20, God gave her the revelation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are to be like Jesus a priest before God pleading petitioning on behalf of lives and land and we must call them to something that is higher than to where they are now are you seeing it with me we must call them to something that is higher than where they are now the land and the people must be called to a higher place than their current position all some people here is a screaming and I know there's many religious out there that can't get Past our screaming, come on, somebody! They'll work it out. They're either get in or get out. But here's the thing: but but what we're saying is we're decreeing that territory, we're decreeing that land to a higher position and a higher place than their current position. You gotta call it up. You gotta stand before God and speak to that thing and say, "This is where you are living now, but this is where you are supposed to be living." Look, we can offer all kinds of natural options, but this will only take care of an immediate need until you stand in the breach and close it. The enemy will continue to harass and manipulate the lives and the lands. Yes, we are to feed the poor and to clothe the poor and all of this stuff, care and nurture if it's within our power to do so. But the greatest need is to stand in the gap and to call lives and land to a higher purpose and connect them to the glory of God. And we do this by standing before God to minister to Him and to minister for Him on behalf of another. This is the priestly ministry. Shout yes if you know what I'm talking about. Stay with me because I read something this week that just totally gripped my heart and it goes like this. What the earth needs right now are human beings to function as priests on the earth and that is the desire, and that the desire, they have a desire for the majesty and the glory of God and to give witness of that glory. The tragedy of man's fall is that we have become so obsessed with displaying our own glory and pursuing our own glory but we are man's to reflect something bigger than ourselves. Man's fallen nature wars against his priestly calling because our fallen nature sets our focus on ourselves. So the recovery of the priestly calling requires us to set our focus outside ourselves on something higher. And this is the ultimate calling of the church. We are called to be a priestly ministry in particular locations so that that land can experience the knowledge and the glory of God we are called to be witnesses of something greater and to host God's presence in the midst of our nation for the sake of a nation when a nation doesn't have a vibrant church functioning in her identity then the nation is missing a God ordained witness The number one need of a nation is not political change or economic change. The number one need is a priestly ministry, a vibrant church. Only when the church is in place can society truly prosper, end quote. Come on! Samuel Whitefield or Whitfield. Is the Church of America found standing in the vulnerable places today? The priestly ministry is the most important ministry we have. I just told you what it was. I'm teaching you today. We've got to get ready, fresh start. So the devil's gonna fight worship and he's gonna fight prayer. And that's why we don't see revival. Because we're busy. We're very busy. We're busy. I'm talking about in the church, we're busy. But is anything really moving? Or are we just shuffling people around from conference or to an event to get another what they need so they can share their glory or beauty? Did you miss that? It is a clear word of God that to move things in the natural, it must be first moved in the supernatural. In all of our doing, I'm concerned that we've left the part out that will actually move the barriers of resistance out of the way and bring his will into the place. And it's called prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you get that? I know you know it. He said, this is how you pray. Worship the Father and then say... Then say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at me. Think of the power that is in that. Think of the responsibility that you and I have been given, not just only to worship the Father, but to step in and to say, now, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is waiting on you and I to step in and pull kingdom and pull his will to earth. Look, church, press start, your life personally, our church, any church, the church, will be no greater than our prayer life. (laughs) Personal or corporate, you can quote 495 scriptures, but if you don't pray, you are dead. You will be no greater, I will be no greater than my prayer life. That's personal and that's corporate. And it's not just a one-time effort. The American church has a very short attention span. Come on. Come on. We're excited about something when it's new, but just give it a few weeks or give it a few months. And then it becomes an option on a list of other things and play second fiddle to whatever else has become the most exciting thing. Stop it in the name of Jesus. I wrote in my book, Doorkeepers of Revival, with a quote from Jackson Sinyanga. He says, in America, you're accustomed to events. Therefore, you do not know how fervent prayer can be sustained. He said, event praying is like running and praying, uh, hit and run praying. And when, you, when we run, the enemy occupies. Those kinds of prayers, he says, do not bring revival. Prayer must be able to outcry the sin of the land before revival comes. When the sin of the land is crying louder than the voice of intercession, we will never see transformation. Come on, church. Wake up and let me know you're in this room today. You have got to understand this is the foundation of everything. It's quite possible. Hallelujah. That we need fewer conferences in the American church and more prayer. Come on. You say, you're getting ready to hold a conference. Yes, we are, and this may be the last year. I don't know. We're taking it one year at a time for the sake of revival for territories. But I can tell you this, I can tell you this. We possibly need fewer conferences and more prayer in the American church. Come on, I'm telling you, we don't just sit around and think about what kind of conference can we have, but we're using them for profit and we're using them for popularity. And that is a fact, my friend. many gifted people in the body of Christ and God has anointed them look at me church but they are people look at me they are people and if I or anyone else begin to draw you into my glory then we are falling into the ancient trap to divert attention away from the greater glory and because of the priestly ministry built within our DNA we are made to display glory but the problem is we're displaying our glory and not his glory. You better shout in this room this morning. It's quite possible that we need fewer conferences and more prayer. I'm amazed at the attraction of these types of events and meetings. For Christians, I'm amazed. I mean like all the time, like everywhere. But the local corporate prayer meeting. Now y'all know I had to get there, right? Is not put on the same level. Go to conference. I can't make prayer meetings. Because it's not as exciting. It's not as exciting. It's really quiet in here right now. I know you're with me, and I'm not trying to be showy, but I am trying to make a point. Because it is true, my friend. It is true. People will run to this conference, YouTube, whatever it is. Just can't make prayer meeting this week. It's just not quite. Why is it not on the same level of the attraction of that? Why does it not mean anymore? You see, I'm trying to help us all in that today. You see, to get the revelation behind it. Because really, it's copy and paste. Running to this, looking at that, going to this, going to that, copy, paste, copy, paste. But it's not on the same level as the regular, consistent, weekly corporate prayer meeting, especially for American Christians, because Hollywood entertainment, attractions, amusement parks, 30-second TV commercials, 15-second TikTok. Did I get that right? 15-minute, I don't know, whatever they are, one-minute Instagram video. If we go over that, man, you're out. Come on. We've been programmed, and I do mean programmed, to participate in that, which is the most gratification to us in the shortest amount of time. And if you go over that time, or you do not wow me, then I don't want to participate. Prayer is hard work. Prayer is unselfish. Prayer is a humbling of ourselves. Prayer has no to do with you and everything to do with Him because it is His power that is flowing through you. Prayer is not going to have the glitz and the glamour. Are you with me? Come on. Prayer is not going to have all the posts and all of the lights and all of the the, the big name this and that. Prayer, my friend, is work. Prayer, my friend, is a giving of your soul. It is bearing everything that you have on the inside of you. This is prayer. i can't to dismantle the lie in the American church that it is okay to slide by and just make my way into heaven God is looking from his holy heaven today and he has left you with this word I am searching for a woman I am searching for a man I am searching for a woman I am searching for a man who will stand in the gap on behalf of the land will you be one Right, right, I'm going to wind it up. But then you're frustrated with the way the nation is going. And you're like watching all the news for whatever in the world reason, like watching all the news. You're like mad at this one. And you're mad at that one. And you're but you don't pray. And then the blame game starts. It's this one's fault, it's that one's fault. No, I think the first place we need to look is in the corporate prayer meeting. That's the first place we need to look. Jesus launched the church with a prayer meeting. And then they continued to pray. He chose prayer to model what the intent and the identity of the church was to be forever. He told us one can chase a 1,000, two can put 10,000. Are you with me? Every authentic, significant move or movement of God began in prayer and continued by prayer. But so many are wanting to mimic the results without paying the price in prayer. And the byproduct is empty, self-aggrandizing ministry and function that is fueled by human ingenuity and thought processes, my quote. Come on, somebody. This is true. Time is short. Jesus is coming. The devil is working hard. Some of the church is playing hard. It's time to sober up. I said, it's time to sober up. Step into the place. The breaches are getting bigger. Nations and Our nation and nations are at stake. Walls are vulnerable. It matters if I pray. It matters if you pray. You say, I don't feel adequate in prayer. You know, I'm not so sure that we are to ever feel adequate in prayer. I don't think we're to ever feel like we've got this thing figured out. I say to all the intercessors in this place, all of you who are connected with Fresh Start Intercession, if you put on this place or you stand out there. The moment that we start to know or feel that we have it all figured out, that everything's good, I'm good, that is the moment we need to move ourselves off of this place and go throw ourselves before the face of the Heavenly Father because I don't think we're ever supposed to feel fully adequate in prayer. Come on, fresh start. Because we have got to understand that this is much deeper than only just saying words out of our mouth, even though that is part of it. It is much, much deeper than that I'm almost done 2014 we began our gap in worship intercession on Wednesday nights it led us into revival and now we've sustained revival for seven years going into our eighth year as time has moved forward and spiritual capacity demands have increased we have set very high standards for prayer in this house and for the prayer ministry here at Fresh Start Church very few places aggressively prioritize prayer and set high standards with the local church. And I do not say these things like this amiss, I know. Very few set high standards within the local church community. Yet the Old and the New Testament shows us that the intent of the father is that the way he wanted his house to be defined was to be defined as a house of. prayer. We make excuses that we don't pray, we substitute other things. That, that make us feel good about ourselves, yet we don't pray. This is, a very, this is a very big, big, big big deal. Families and nations go awry because we're called to something greater. We're called to something bigger. We're called to carry the glory and the majesty of God and to call this earth to that place. But we don't have time to pray. It's not that exciting. Ah, It's just not that exciting. Guys, come on, talk to me. We gotta get past. I've gotta be excited. I've gotta be wowed we got to grow, grow, grow. Paul Billheimer says, no angel was ever given this high privilege. Only redeemed humanity. And many of us, he says, are too busy. In his day, it was watching TV, following sports. OK, that's a good one. Following sports, following sports. It's the truth, America. It's the truth. Hunting, fishing, bathing, boating, engaging in farming, business. We're so busy with cares and pleasures. We are not only, he says, cheating God in the world, but we are cheating ourselves. By our failure to pray, we are frustrating God's high purpose in the ages, and we are robbing the world of God's best plan for it, and we are limiting our rank in eternity. I sought for a man to stand in the gap. We have high standards here for our prayer and prayer ministry at Fresh Start. And, you know, I started thinking about it, and I'm like, we have high standards on our job, and we should. We have high standards for our businesses that we own, and you should. We have high standards for our children and their education and their futures, and we should. Yet when high spiritual standards are set... For spiritual things, we call it legalism. Wow. We call it an overreach, we call it as way too much. My God, okay, I can't do all that. Seriously, can you reconcile that for me? I'm serious, y'all. Can you reconcile that for me? We have high standards for everything else, that is for us. But when high standards are set for spiritual establishment, It's too much, it's an overreach, it's legalism. Reconcile that for me. You're zealous to set natural standards and goals and excellence. And listen, this may offend some, which has probably already happened, but those are really not going to matter in the end. They're not. They are not, I say that with hopefully kindness, love, but I say it truthfully. It is not going to matter in the end. The amount of money that you make, the title that you, that you get, the degree that you have from this university and that one and this, the, 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 the achievements, and we are to work hard. God, see, America has put that pressure on ourselves. God, in his word, says you're to work hard or, and, and, so you can get paid and get money and eat and get clothes because you're supposed to wear clothes. Yes. Clothes that cover your whole body. Come on. <laughs> but, but, but God never said anything about you got to work, 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 work. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got you to accomplish this. You got to have that. The Americans did that. But we've got it flip-flop now. We got it flip-flop where no, I can't submit to the spiritual standard because I have this American standard that I have to meet over here. Because if I, and then we guise it under, you know, betterment, family, all this kind of stuff. You need to take care of your family. Your babies need to have something to eat. My daughter knows if they don't have enough to feed their babies, you just, I'm going to feed your babies. Come on. Now they got enough. But I'm saying, you know, it's, um, you know, I may slip them money and say this is the feed the kid fund. Come on, y'all. Amen. I mean, hallelujah. Come on, grandmas and grandpas. You, you, need, to, you need to feed your family. You take your family. But it's gone way, way, way above that. So now what we're doing is we're measuring, we're measuring the demand, we're measuring God's demand and the spiritual demand against our American demand, and many times over, the American demand wins. Because we have justified and convinced ourselves that this is more important. And I tell you lovingly, don't go quit your job tomorrow because that's foolish. But I tell you lovingly, that nothing is going with you when you take your last breath on this earth. Nothing. Nothing is going with you. So I'm at a place and stage and age in my life, and have a greater revelation, more so than I did in my earlier years, that if I spend my time seeking first the kingdom of God, then all of these things will be added to you. But we're so stressed. And then, you know, the preacher gets the bad rap. Pastor Kim gets the bad rap. Don't worry, I've, got, I've had it for 38 years. Got pretty, pretty broad shoulders. I just can't do all that. It's legalism. Mm mm. Human beings will rise to the standard that is set for them. Oh yes, we will. Now, there's a few out there, few of you out there that are overachievers, few of you, but the rest, you're gonna rise to the standard of what is set. It's my intention to put a greater understanding to a high and holy calling, and my third. Closing is this. (laughs) It's not like y'all ain't used to that. A high and holy calling that is called prayer. And we take it very seriously around here. We take it very seriously. And I'm just going to kind of go off script. Don't lament. I'll get right back here. I'll put my finger right here. I have been feeling of late. I have been feeling of late. Such a gripping urgency. And I know some of it's coming from our intentional uh, focus in this 40 day fast and, you know, the, but I have just feeling such an urgency in the spirit and the Lord has led this house into and I mean, I, I, your, your, your pastor and I, my husband and I, we have, uh, I mean, we just step back sometimes, sit back if you will, and just in awe at the sons and the daughters, whatever age you are, not just younger ones, but sons and daughters that God has raised up in this house over 25 years, most specifically these last seven, eight, nine years of pu- pouring, of pushing into revival. And we, we are in awe. We are in awe. And I can't, I need to tell the larger body this. I told the prayer teams this. I think I did anyway, but um, if not, I'll do it now. We are in awe at... What God has created, and the mantle of authority and and um, uh, gifting and anointing that you walk in, and that you put yourself to, and. It's 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 um, encouraging to me that at any needed moment I can and y'all have been recipients of this. I can hand this microphone and this platform, this pulpit, to any one of our intercessors or worship leaders, whatever it may be, and they will lead the people in a higher spiritual pursuit. Come on, somebody, we need to be thankful for that. But some of you are on peripheral. Some of you are on the peripheral and you need to get in. Some of you have been on the peripheral for a lot of years and you need to get in. It's important what you do in your life right now, but nothing is going into eternity. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not just trying to give up here and stand up here and say, you need to be a Pray America. You need to be a Gap. You need to do this. You need to pray at home. Y'all know all that. I'm trying to give you the deeper meaning and why behind what we do. It is a priestly calling. It is a holy calling. And there are lands that are vulnerable to harm and to destruction. And the battle begins in the supernatural in the heavenlies where the battle continuously rages, good versus evil. And look at me, we are the only ones that can fight this battle. God has handed it off to us to fight this battle. Thus a vulnerable land in Acts chapter 16. The, vo- the vision came to uh, the Apostle Paul and it was a Macedonian man and he was pleading with the Apostle Paul in this vision and he was saying, come help us, come help us. And this vision convinced us all. He said that God was calling us to bring good news to a vulnerable land, to a region, to another region. It is interesting that this, to me, that this Macedonian man is pleading with him. The same posture that God is pleading in Ezekiel. Are you with me? He was pleading with Apostle Paul, come over and help us. This Macedonian call is referring to the vision that Paul had. That that launched him on his second missionary journey. Macedonia was a vulnerable land. There were breaches and gaps that abounded, but there came a call from the man in the land, come over and help us. For the apostle Paul, it was a missionary journey to another land. For us, fresh start in the context of intercession. It is a journey in the spirit to vulnerable lands to fill gaps and to fill breaches. Are you still with me? Perhaps there is a missionary call in intercession. Come on. I said, perhaps there is a missionary call in intercession. A person, look at me, a person who is sent to break open the way so that the gospel can land on the hearts of the people in that land. Because Paul was obedient to the Macedonian call, it opened up the entire continent of Europe. The gospel at that point was only in Asia, but in God sent a vision of a man saying, come help us. Will you come over here? and get it fresh start will you come over here and help us and Paul responded and because Paul responded it opened up a gateway because right in Macedonia it was a gateway it was a trigger point it was an opening up to the entire continent of Europe and because Paul said yes he opened up the way for the gospel and the Holy Ghost into vulnerable lands fresh start just think of what your yes and your obedient to the Macedonian call of intercession could open up I know sometimes it seems like we're not uh, uh, making any ground or we're not making any headway but this is where you need to endurance is needed to see the victory and not grow weary in well doing for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. You go back to 2014 and God was birthing a sound in this house to unlock regions. So finally we come forward to 2020 in the middle of something demonic that landed in this nation and across the nations of the earth. And in the middle of national chaos, pray America was birthed in this house. And in in this house for one purpose, that was to pray for a vote. Is it's not time to shut it down. It's not time to look back. It's time to keep breaking open gateways and breaking open territories because this nation and nations of the earth need breaker voices of distinction over vulnerable lands. I'm almost done. Acts chapter four. And they prayed and the earth shook beneath them, causing the building where they were in to tremble. And each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. They were breaker voices. It says, as they prayed, the earth shook. I don't know if you know it or not, but somebody, I don't know who it was, sent me a news report that shortly after we left Flagstaff, Arizona, there was an earthquake that was reported. uh, So something, I don't know what it was, But there was an earthquake that was reported as we were driving down to Tucson. We get into Tucson. uh, uh, We got a little later than some of the other ones that were going down there. There was a storm, an epic storm that came up in Tucson, Arizona. That you we asked the people that were there, and it was not predicted. It was not what forecast for, for for a storm to be in Tucson. You look at me in this room right now. That is to keep stepping into territories and breaking open the atmosphere because the heavens are responding to what God's church is releasing. Jump up on your feet in this place. Hallelujah! Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.